When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brickline Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brickline in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Couple of texts coming through on Jake Fraser McGurk's comments. Uh, one here, high pipe. In so- if something in Test cricket has to die, then it's the blocking of sessions out made it boringly unwatchable for me for years. The more aggressive version is a much better version. Jason in Perth, thanks for that. Jason, another here, Dwayne, what a lot of twaddle. Um, the newly crowned ICC Test Cricketer of the Year is not a runner ball player. Yeah, well, you're right, Uzi is the exception to the rule, but they're replacing Dave Warner with a Dave Warner type, and it would be interesting, will be interesting to see in a year or so's time when they replace Uzi, whether they're going to replace him with a player who scores it you know, a little better than or a little worse than run a ball. But one here, I have to disagree. Dwayne Osman just won Test Career of the Year with a strike rate. I think he's uh, still room for both. Longy, thanks for that. So Jake Fraser-McGurk thinks that's his avenue in, at least, to the Test team, being able to score quickly. Shane Watson's been good enough to join us. Test Career, great author of The Winner's Mindset. The book is out right now, and he's been good enough to join us, one of our great all-rounders, and Cam Greensform has been one of the biggest topics in cricket for the last month and a bit, so good to have Shane Watson on today. Welcome to you, Shane. Great to have you on. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, Dane. Appreciate it. It's good to have you. It's good to have your book out, so available in all good bookshops and a couple of bad ones. Tell us what's in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, it's yeah. Be, uh, the Winner's Mindset is released today. It's It's all around... Uh, a mental skills education book, really. It's a book that I suppose I wish that I read as a, as a teenager, to, teenager to be able to develop, start developing really good mental skills habits for, for performance um, because I know that, one, look, the results might not have been any different, but I know by understanding these mental skills, it would have meant that I had less worry and stress and anxiety around performance. So uh, I was very fortunate to be educated on this information at the ripe old age of 34, right towards the back end of my career. Um, so then to be able to implement it um, and see the real turnaround and the difference in, in my performance, but also my, my life and how I really took on performance. Um, yeah, so I've put the book together and I'm very excited to have been, to now have partnered with HarperCollins to be able to get it out to the world. So it's called The Winner's Mindset if you want to hunt it down. So Mentally, the mental side of it, what was it? The expectation? Was it the pressure? What was it? Because the mental side of it did get to you for a while. I think the biggest um, the biggest side of the mental um, game for me was really just the pressure that I put on myself. Um, I was so desperate for results. I was so desperate to perform all the time, every time. Um, and from, from a young age all the way through until I understood this information, that was my biggest issue was I just compounding the pressure um, and worry and uh, that I'd used to build up on myself. And, and that just meant that I'd never consistently stepped into the best version of me, understanding what the right mental environment, what the right mindset was for me at my best. I was very, 
technically driven as most cricketers are. Um, but the one thing I never thought about was what's exactly going on in my mind from ball to ball in the lead up to the game. Uh, what's the right version of me from a mental perspective that I need to step into every single ball that I'm out there competing in the game to give myself the best chance of having a great day. It was more the circumstance around me in a game or in the lead up to a game pushed me into that mindset. It wasn't me certainly like pulling myself into it. So that was a, a huge uh, thing that I was working through and you don't know what you don't know. So it's not really something that in around the cricket teams that I was in that you'd actually talk about. You always talk about the technique. But you never talked about actually the mental side of the game and what works, what doesn't work for individuals. And that's part of also starting that conversation. That's what the, the book is a big part about. So nowadays it's easier for a young guy to have an old head. They do get the advice that wasn't given in your day. Look, I think that I know that there's around, especially around the mental health side of, of people in general and in and around cricket, that's definitely a million times better than all, what it was. Um, previously, it was just got to um, suck it up and get on with it, whereas now that's certainly a lot of avenues and the right avenues to be able to um, get help when you need it. But this is primarily all around performance. This is around how to be able to understand how your mind works, what are the things you're in control of, what are the things that you aren't in control of around your mindset and your thinking to be able to then just step into the best version of you, access all the skills that are so deeply ingrained in you. And, and the thing is with this book, it's it. I use my cricket examples before and after I knew this information, but these mental skills are universal. It's Everyone's always performing in every aspect of their life. And it's, it's um, I use cricket examples, but the information is, is universal for anyone to be able to tap into when they need to perform under pressure. And that's, again, it's in all aspects of our lives. It seems like Cam Green's got a freedom of mind, but it seems like there's a lot of outside expectation on him. And it seems like, in some respects, he's maybe too young to be batting at four. Um, where do you suit? You believe that he's the long-term guy at four, or am I paraphrasing you from stuff that I've seen, heard you say? But where do you think Cam Green's at? And is he, is he too young to have that pressure on him now? Look, he certainly has got the skill to be a, a, a number four batter, a test batter for sure. Um, he's got immense skill, and we've seen it um, from a from a youngish age. In the last since you know he burst onto the scene in first class cricket, but then also Australia. He's got he's got a um, he's got a great skill of scoring runs, and we've seen that in first class level. Every time he goes back to first class cricket, he knows how to peel off the runs. So, and we've seen it in other formats of the game in T20s and and one days as well, where the biggest challenge for Cam, and um, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to have consistent sort of conversations with him around this as well from my own experience, is when he has that freedom of mind to be able to just let himself go and fully trust his immense skill that he's got, that's when we will consistently see the very best of him because he has got incredible skill at such a young age. Across the board, it's not just he, he's got the skill from a batting perspective to be a number four batter and a very successful one in, in international cricket. But he's an incredibly skilled fast bowler. He's an incredibly skilled fielder as well, as, as we've seen. So um, a big part for him, yes, there's, there is this excessive pressure on him because um, of a fast bowling all-rounder doesn't come along that often. Um, and people expect big things of him because of the immense skill that he's got. So for him, it's really just navigating around how to be able to just continue to create that the right mindset for him when he's at his very best to 
perform consistently at his best, which um, is certainly not far away. So you are in favour of what they've done, and that is reshuffle the batting order to get him to number four sooner rather than later? Well, they need to get him into the team 100%. Um, having Cameron Green sitting on the sidelines is not... He's he's definitely one of the top six batters in Australia, for sure. So, And at the moment, the way the batting lineup was set up was Travis Head has had great success at five. Mitchell Marsh is definitely more of a number six batter, and we've seen when he's come in and had that freedom just to be able to take the game on, how devastating he's been since he's come back into the Australian team during that Ashes series. So the number four position for Cam Green, he's definitely got the technique, the temperament. Once he just finds exactly what the game plan is and the right consistent mindset that he needs when he is at his very best at test level. So just the way the batting order sort of is set up, I think that's absolutely was the was the right place for him to be able to bat compared to moving up to opening, and that's where I know Steve Smith. That's the challenge that he's needed at this end of this stage of his career to be able to continue to um, challenge him to be able to get him up. So he's got a continued longevity in the Australian Test team. Yeah, getting into the Test teams another issue that's changed. Obviously, Sheffield Shield runs, and the Sheffield Shield competition was once a very strong competition that a lot of people went to see. It had huge crowds back in the day. But now it seems like white ball cricket's become so popular. Getting into the test team, you almost need some white ball form because there's white ball form leading into most test series as opposed to, well, we need to see with Cam Bancroft. The weight of runs in Sheffield Shield hasn't really counted in his favour as much as we thought it should. Where are you at with the process of getting into the test team now and the way that's changed? Yeah, the, the, certainly the, the domestic landscape of cricket has changed a lot, for sure. But there was always, like I, I know the time when I um, got picked into the Australian Test team in 2005, um, you know, I, scored, I scored Shield runs the back end of that, the previous Shield season. But then scoring uh, runs in one-day cricket for Australia, that was the thing that got me really above the other people that I was competing against. So that's always been at times used if someone's performing in, especially one day in test cricket, a little bit more similar compared to test cricket and T20 cricket for sure. Um, but in the end, scoring runs at international level um, in particular, that's obviously whether it's white ball or, um, or one day or in particular, that's a way, a way in. But oh, look, I, I certainly feel for Cameron Bancroft um, you know, the weight of runs that he scored um, to be able to put his um, his name up in lights for sure for the opening spot in Australia. But unfor- unfortunately, there's has been so many, a number of players throughout the, the years who've scored so many shield runs but never got the opportunity, whether that's obviously through just subjective selection or the team being very strong. Um, and unfortunately for Cameron Bancroft, he's just been another one, another casual really with that. And why do you think we lost to the West Indies a few days ago? Was it our flaws? Was it their Shamar Joseph's greatness? What what was it? Why did we lose? Um, look, I, there's no question the West Indies, the fight that they showed in that test match, certainly continue to ask the questions of the Australians and where they were at. The one thing that we absolutely can't take for granted is how long this season has been for the Australian team. They started really from, from the Ashes series, a huge, highly pressured series that certainly can, can't be <clears throat> taken for granted the, the mental energy that that it takes out, let alone the physical, leading into a, a World Cup, a, a one-day World Cup, 
which the Australians obviously played incredibly well in the most important game as well. Um, so it has been a very, very long summer. A little bit of jadedness um, from a few players here and there, which you can understand um, after such a long period of, of cricket and high-pressure cricket as well. So, look, it's it's um, look, the West Indies in the end. They just put an consistent pressure uh, with the skills that they had and um, and showed a lot of fight. And unfortunately, Australia, the players just weren't able to really absorb it like they had previously. So, um, look, it's just, unfortunately, it's one of those things. But you can't take for granted the, the amount of cricket and high-pressure cricket that all those cricketers, Australian cricketers, have had really since for the last, oh gosh, six, seven, seven months, really. Shane, great to have you. I really appreciate your chat. Um, it's The Winner's Mindset, the book. It's available out today. So if you want to read more, hear more from Shane Watson, it's all there in the book. We'll talk soon. I really appreciate your time. No, my pleasure, Dwayne. Great to chat, mate. Shane Watson, one of the great all-rounders. Need to take a break. Chris Anstey in about 15 minutes' time. Still plenty to come on Dwayne's World.